Welcome to the podcast of Remo, the Researcher Mental Health Observatory. In the previous season of this podcast, we have heard the stories of three brave researchers who came forward to share their struggles on their journey through academia. In this season, we meet three guests who bring a different perspective. They talk about the reality of academia today, both at personal and systemic level, commenting on what works and what doesn't, and most importantly, on how to move forward. In other words, they contribute to a transformation of the research ecosystem to benefit well-being and mental health of the professionals, the people who work in it. Quote, We refuse to see things for what they are and ask why. We want to envision things that never were and ask why not. I am Federica Bressan and I welcome you on this podcast. Welcome everybody and welcome to our guest, Mateja Erce a PhD student in Renewable Materials for Healthy Built Environments at the University of Primorska in Slovenia, and a Remo ambassador. Welcome, Mateja. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. In the first part of this conversation, I would like you to discuss some of the main challenges that you have observed at personal and systemic level in your journey as a PhD student and as a Remo ambassador. What is the reality of your experience in academia today? So I think we have like two parts. We can start with that reality is not what we expect or at least for myself, I can speak that I didn't expect that. And also when I speak with other people, their perception is very different from the reality because people think that jobs in academia, even if you're a PhD researcher, you're well-paid, that work is really easy, like no stress, and that we have long summer vacations, so summer off. That's what other people think. But reality and also research shows that universities like regarded as a low stress environment, but the research shows occupational stress is alarmingly widespread and on the rise. And stress is more prevalent in young academics. So that's the reality in the re- from just from the research, very objectively. And then we can divide our reality in two parts. The things that we can control and the second part that we cannot control or it's hard to control. So we have hard time to control, for example, our job demands. So we need to be involved in projects because we need to be paid from, you know, projects or something. We we need financing. That's the reality. Then we want to be involved in cost actions. Of course, we want to meet people, we want to learn things, so we need to be involved. Then in Slovenia, we have, um, we need to defend our PhD thesis after two years when we defended our uh, disposition. So we have time limit, which is causing a lot of stress. We are overworked because we need to work on all of these different tasks, uh, tasks, we are 
volunteering for a lot of things and stuff like that. It's, you know, nonstop work. We don't have really a job control and we hardly or even it's not possible to control the supervisor's leadership style. We like it or not. The person is our supervisor. What can we do about it? But I will talk about that a bit later. Then the other thing that we re- we hardly control is job insecurity. So we have short time contracts. We are facing financial insecurity, and we work in competitive atmosphere. And all of these can cause depression, anxiety, burnout, emotional exhaustion. Then the other thing is that. We are kind of changing our identity within the process of PhD. We want to be part of the community. We want to be experts on our field. Of course, when you kind of finish your PhD, you are expert on the field. But we don't know how community will accept us. Will this community support us? Will this community encourage belonging of the community? So these are the things that we hardly control. We are part of this system, but we can't really control them. Then the other things uh, we can control. Of course, people think, oh, yeah, PhD researchers are young and full of life and motivation, so they cannot burn out and be depressed. Well, the reality is different. And I don't want to dive into this because the reality is harsh, but reality is that we lack experiences on our fields. We lack confidence. We are in the community of the experts, but we are really not yet experts. So it's harsh sometimes. Well, that depends on the personality, but we even can have some self-criticism. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't work enough. This community won't accept me. I need to... um, work more, study more, explore more, I don't know, hundreds and different of these things. And because of that, because we are in a community where people are experts and we are not, uh, we can be good friends with imposter syndrome, (laughs) you know? I've heard (sighs) of that one. (laughs) Yeah, if I may chime in for a second here, I would like to say that I find very interesting what you said in the beginning and then elaborated on, which is the perception of the profession. Those who work in academia know the truth firsthand. But those who don't, those outside of academia, may indeed have a false idea of what the job of a researcher is day to day. Who is outside of academia? Well, the general public, it would be your mom, it would be the men in the street, but it would also be those who have not stepped into academia yet. So all those young people who wish to have a career in academia and those who are applying to enter a PhD program. If those people have a false idea of what research is, they will be the most hurt because the fact that their expectations will not be met will be really hurtful. It will be a rude awakening. And maybe some of them would have made different choices had they known what they were getting themselves into. So is this 
part of what you were trying to say? Yeah. Yes, definitely. When I started doing a PhD, I was so excited, you know, what I'm going to do and stuff like that, because I know a lot of people who work in academia, but they are senior researchers. Nobody talked about how it is to be a PhD student or um, how it's to be like a postdoc. Nobody talked about it. Or I don't know, I just know people who did their PhD smoothly. Maybe, I don't know, but... Now that I am a PhD student and now that I talk with my colleagues who are also PhD um, researchers, well, it hurts because I wasn't prepared for that and nobody alarmingly told me, you know, what's the reality? Maybe because they knew how it is and they didn't want to push me away from it or something. I don't know. I'm not really sure why they... Oh, I didn't, didn't tell me, but I know for one person who dropped out and we didn't know why that person dropped out. We all knew that it's because of the mental health issues, but we didn't know what kind of or to what degree these mental health issues were. It was, you know, kind of secret. It felt like it. Maybe it wasn't a secret, but for me, it felt like it's... A secret why. Besides being a PhD student, finding out the reality of the job on the job, you are also a Remo ambassador. Remo ambassadors are not just PhD students, they are science professionals at every level in their careers. So some of the challenges that are discussed in the community of Remo are specific to PhD students, but others are not. They affect postdocs and even senior professors and supervisors and so on. Yet, they are specific to academia. Other professions are stressful, competitive, or they don't pay well. Why do you think we talk about mental health and well-being specifically for academia? What is unique to this environment and to this profession? Well, I wouldn't say that we are, you know, a premium package. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean that we face some challenges and I believe that other people in different jobs are also facing challenges. So we have challenges in every job. We would have challenges everywhere, maybe just different They wouldn't be so, um, I would just say, um, they wouldn't tackle our mental health that much. Because in academia, you need to work mostly with brain, not hands, which means we are not that much physically exhausted, but psychologically. And that is one of the factors that affects mental health. That's why we need to be. Um, very careful when we talk, how to say, well, it's easier to have some mental health issues when you're psychologically exhausted. Because when you're physically exhausted, you can sleep nicely most, most of the time. If you're psychologically exhausted, it's hard to sleep. And if you don't sleep well, then You are emotionally and psychologically usually not well if you don't do something about it. And what else? You need to be highly concentrated to write, for example, a scientific paper. Well, if you need to, you know, type 
some other things. I, I don't want to say that um, if you are doing administrative work that you don't need to be focused, you just have a lower level of concentration. But if you need to write a scientific paper or project proposal or something, yeah, you need to be highly concentrated and it's psychologically exhausting. In fact, other highly demanding jobs have mandatory breaks, like people who translate at conferences and conventions. I think they have mandatory breaks every 15 minutes or so. Otherwise, you burn out. It's, it's detrimental to your well-being and you don't translate that well. So, yeah, we don't have mandatory breaks. That's true. And also, we don't have a limit to how much we produce. There is no maximum number of papers we are allowed to write in a year, no maximum number of applications we can submit. It seems to be the more the better, as many as you can. One out, next in. Basically until exhaustion. The job doesn't tell us when to stop. Yeah, there's this competitive environment. I need to submit as many papers as I can like produce. That's the part of the competitive atmosphere that's... We work in. Thank you very much, Matea, for this first part of this conversation, where you have pointed out some of the challenges that researchers face in their careers, both at personal and systemic level, including a misleading perception of the job, which leads to wrong expectations, and then the pressure to produce as much as possible, and about the intensive intellectual labor that's in the nature of this job. In the second part of our conversation, I will ask you about how things would look right to you. Not really a plan for action, but a description of what a healthy, functional, reasonable and realistic scenario would look like for you. See you in the second part of this episode of the Rima podcast with Matea Erze. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more episodes, please check out our website at remo-network.eu. Remo is spelled R-E-M-O-network.eu. The podcast was brought to you by the Researcher Mental Health Observatory, Cost Action, number 19117. I am Federica Bressan, host and producer of this podcast. Additional audio editing by Davide Linzi. Mixing and Mastering by Davide Linzi.